1: AEW Dynamite is just a good show. I mean, it just is. There is no point playing around anymore. It doesn't mean that you have to like it. And if you don't want to watch All Elite Wrestling, that's fine. But some people pretend that this is garbage wrestling. And I'm sorry, you lying out of your ass. My name is Simon Mella for from Culture. Thank you for joining me as always. And today we shall take the finger of power. We shall go through the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. And we'll give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. And we need to talk about that main event because my dreams are in shatters. Let's up those doubts. This week's episode of Dynamite, of course, was coming from Rochester, which was the hometown of one Brodie Lee, and we started with the John Huber graphic, Jim Ross was talking about it, the crowd started to chant his name, and this got me in around about 2.7 seconds. And it really is such a shame, especially when you look at it now with hindsight, that Brody was never allowed to have his big debut in the place that he was born. And I mean, honestly, just go and read every single story about him. What a tremendous good dude. There was a bit of a pick up after this because CM Punk made his way to the ring. And you know how that goes. Everyone goes crazy because it's still nuts that CM Punk is back in pro wrestling. And he was going to be on commentary for this evening. And just to wrap it up in a nice, neat little package, he really good at commentary. Keeping up this goodness as well. Thank you to everybody who did indeed bring an ups and down sign. Especially the guy who tweeted me. So I 100% knew it was aimed at me that said, Simon hates sleeves. <laughs> I do hate sleeves. Suns out guns out there's also one telling me to give myself a golden up and i did always promise to do what the sign says so i am giving myself a golden up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that golden up and I'm going to give it back to you because you are absolute heroes for doing this every single week. You make me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. So golden up for you. AEW then kept up their Hey, Do you want a ridiculous match to kick off the show? Because it was Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. And I was so sure that this was going to be a banger. If somebody had knocked on my door and said, Simon, you've got to put your life on your line. I would have done it. Because I have many problems up. If you want to say that this is Jungle Boy's best match in All Elite Wrestling, I wouldn't argue with you. And Adam Cole just reminds you week in, week out that he is a tremendous professional wrestler. On a quick side note too, I really like his new entrance jacket. I don't know why, it makes me a nerd. I just think it looks kind of cool. They countered each other out for a little while with technical wrestling when Jungle Boy was able to send Adam Cole to the floor so it's a bit like screw you but of course after a while Adam is the bad guy and he fought his way back into it or he just pushed him off the top rope to be more specific and I was like oh great that's it he's dead and then he just started whipping him corner to corner and corner to corner and eventually Jungle Boy's back went would you stop this I don't like it so he burst out of said corner and he took Mr. Cole down. Every time Adam would do this though Jungle kept pulling stuff out of his I don't know tree bag I could come up anything else, including hitting him with a Death Valley driver. And then when he dove at him on the outside, Adam Cole cut him off with a drop kick. You can't fake that, ladies and gentlemen. The dude was in the air. There was more ludicrous stuff as if you were watching a pay-per-view on a Wednesday night, which is why Jungle Boy kicked out the Panama Sunrise. And I was like, oh my gosh. And also, he had the damn thing won. He had Adam Cole locked in the snare trap. And I swear, I promise you, that guy was gonna tap until he cast shenanigans because he remembered that jungle boy had balls he hit him in said balls and the referee didn't see it because the referee is an absolute nimrod he then hit the boom also known as the last shot and he got the victory and i was like damn it the elite have done it again we weren't done here either though and what a way to front load your show because i mentioned the elite adam cole is part of the elite So here came Kenny Omega and all of his friends. They were just all saying how great they were before Kenny got the microphone and said, man, I had one of the best matches ever with Brian Danielson last week, but did he beat me? No. So does he get another match? The answer is absolutely not. I'm gonna take you, DB, and you go into the back of the line. Given that this is wrestling and somebody had said a wrestler's name, all of a sudden Brian Danielson was here and he too was keeping it nice and simple because he was like, Kenny Omega, shut your pie hole, dude. Let's ask the fans what they want, dude you want us to run us back? And of course, everybody said yes. He then called him Kenny No Balls Omega. So that's probably going to stick. And we're going to get that from town to town, which will always make me giggle before saying, all right, fine. Look, why don't I challenge anybody in the elite to a match on Rampage and just to speed forward a little bit. If you can believe it, we are actually going to get Brian Danielson versus Mick Jackson tomorrow. I don't know what timeline we're living in. There was some teasing before all that, though, that they were all going to get into it here. But that's when Christian Cage arrived in Jurassic Express and Fanky Kazarian. And the elite were like, wait, no, we don't want any of this. And they ran away because they are nothing but Mother Hubbard heels. So it's just so basic, but it's so compelling. And of course, now we're all like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to get to Danielson versus Kenny Omega round two? Because you just know it will happen. It's just good entertaining television we are still going with this andrade and lucha brother stuff too because he was in the back going, man you guys suck and you never defend your triple a tag team belts so phoenix and pence were like all right we'll just ask us and we'll defend them why wouldn't we so i guess we're going to do something with those soon it will probably involve the forbidden door these are a little bit strange but hey it doesn't matter because the lucha brothers every time they get in the ring are so damn good what an out of nowhere treat we then got. I mean, my word. Because it was Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson taking on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, and I'm sorry, but Cody, he's just the master of his own presentation, and he knows how to tell a story. You sometimes get people on the internet going, oh man, he doesn't know what's going on. Are you kidding me? He knows exactly what's going on, and he always knows exactly what button to push. Because Rhodes and Seidel did some of that, and then Martin and Johnson were doing their hey-ho, flippy-dippy-doodle stuff, which you just watch and try and figure out, but you can't. It's like 2 plus 2 equals potato. And then we started getting variations of each to these parents. We eventually got to Cody versus Dante and the American Nightmare was in so much trouble Lee Johnson had to forcefully tag himself in. But Dante Martin has been watching professional wrestling. So he went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. But sadly, he needs more experience on his belt. Johnson kicked out. And what a kick out it was, because he then grabbed Martin, gave him a shoulder breaker and he pinned him for the one, two, three, which goes to show how devastating the most devastating move is don't use it lightly. So this was just more solid stuff, but the aftermath, man, who saw this coming? Because Cody Rhodes was out of his mind saying, Malachi Black, you better get out here right now, when Aunt Anderson stopped him and gave him this huge dressing down, including basically telling Cody the difference between you and I is that if you got carjacked, you'd let it happen. Whereas if I got carjacked, I would get the Glock and shoot that guy right in the face. I was like, oh my gosh. Arn Anderson is the best person in the world. He also mentioned how Black has systematically destroyed their entire group over the last few weeks. And he's right, especially because here Arn was like, Johnson, we're going, let's leave this guy in the ring. And you just knew someone in the back, Malachi in a dark room, I suppose, was going, because ha, 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 ha. this is exactly what he wanted. He's like Skeletor from He-Man. His dastardly plan has come true. Anderson also called Cody a loser. So this was like getting to Christmas and figuring out your dad hadn't bought you any presents. But my word, I am intrigued. What the hell is gonna happen to Cody Rhodes now? This was terrific stuff. Then had one of those crazy dynamite matches where if you don't watch Dark or Elevation, you're like, oh man, those guys are back because it was indeed bear country. And I suppose in the interim, for some kind of a story, I will say they were climbing some mountains, having dinner with some bears. I don't know why you watch this show either. They were teaming up with Anthony Green to take on John Moxley, Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen, which also meant Sting was here. And just listen to all the names that came out of my mouth. Do you really think this was bad? Of course it wasn't. The good guys were all over their opponents to begin with, including Darby Allen going for as many most devastating moves in sports entertainment as he could. But then eventually, Boulder Bear was just grabbing him and throwing him around. I was like, yeah, of course that's happened. Look at the guy, he's a bit like a tank. Kingston wasn't a fan of this, so he started to throw Bronson Bear around, and then John Moxley got jealous, so he started to do the same thing to Boulder. And imagine the kind of shockwaves that must have made in the arena you can't tell i'm really trying to get across how big the bears are green then thought well strength hasn't worked so i don't i use my agility instead but the answer to that one was nope boxley and kingston hit their double team finishing move and they pinned him and this made you feel especially special because straight afterwards sting also hit him with the scorthian depth drop and as i've said time and time again anything sting does from now until he retires is going to be the best thing ever so it just makes me happy it just makes me happy and it gives me inside smiles Them. Quick Ruby Ryan promo who told us she understands she needs to climb back up the rankings now in order to get her shot at Britt Baker. So for all those people that go nuts about the rankings, there you go. And then we cut to Matt Hardy, man. He just makes me laugh. He mentioned that over a year ago, he was meant to make his debut in Rochester, but it got deleted and he's glad it did because nobody here deserves to see Matt Hardy. And it just makes me chuckle because it will always be the worst insult. I don't like your hometown. I hope wrestling never stops doing it. He got interrupted by Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order, who had been brought back together in order to celebrate the life of Brodie Lee. And I don't get how AEW does this. They took one of the most horrific and tragic things that has ever happened in sports entertainment, and they turned it into a wonderful narrative and a wonderful match that made me so emotional. Well, it just blew my mind to the point it doesn't just get an up. It gets a golden up. But it was just mayhem from start to finish because it was a 16 mad tag team match. But as some kind of memorial match, it couldn't have gone any better. And we still had the whole, oh my gosh, Evil Luna and Stu Grayson can't get on with anybody. That's how the Butcher and the Blade were able to take over and start wailing on them. Private Party were following this up too. Orange Cassidy was doing his hands in the pockets thing. That's when the tag clacks and ha went off and everybody was in the ring hitting all of their moves. I and mean, it was just perfect. Alice Rennes and Evil Uno got on for around about eight seconds before, if you can believe it, oon went, I'm done with this, and he started to walk off. And I was like, Eve, you can't do this. But then he was stopped at the entranceway by Ty Conte, Anna J, Negative One, who I always like to see, but also Amanda Huber. And they told him to get his ass back in that ring. And Negative One also threw the papers in his face. Something was going on with my eyes. This lit a fire under the dark order, especially John Silver, who just had this amazing hot tag. I mean, it was truly tremendous. And that's when Evil Uno and Stu Grayson hit the fatality. John Silver got the pinfall. And honestly, I could not have enjoyed this anymore. And I said a few seconds ago, it was perfect. And I will double down on that. You honestly couldn't have come up with anything better than this. I mean, it was just friends fighting for their friend. And we also found out yesterday that the Hoobers and AEW have set up some kind of foundation for John. All of this is terrific and a lovely way to remember a man that was taken away from us way, way too soon. Leo Rush then confirmed he's been signed to AEW. So it's been quite the ride for this guy, but oh my gosh, did I enjoy this? Cause we went old school. Leo Rush was all like, oh man, my name is LBO Rush or something like that. And I'm basically a businessman. And he went through all of these things about how he's making all this money and how he's the best. This is the kind of stuff we used to do with Mr. Perfect or Razor Ramon. And you'd always go, well, if they're really good at that other thing, why are they a wrestler? But for some reason, it just works. I am very excited about this. Done right, it will be great. FDR and Tully Blanchard cut another quick promo too, with FDR telling us we've got the best manager in the world, we're the best tag team in the world, and now it's time to get back to it and prove it once and for all. And I was like, yeah, you guys better, because recently you've been losing a lot. Dan Lambert and the Men of the Year was just here. And as has become a common theme on AEW Ups and Downs, every time I see them, they get an instant up up dan was fired straight away too because he was all like look i don't like chris jericho but i gotta pay him a compliment because he took this stupid company this startup that nobody should have liked and he actually made it relevant and he actually gave it some success so good for him but i want to remind you you're all still a bunch of idiots Dan Lambert, really good promo. Scorpio Sty also got some rage in here too and made some very good points, because he was like, one, do you remember when I won that ladder match to become the face of the company and the fact that I was a tag team champion, where the hell did that get me nowhere? And then Ethan Page took the microphone and he went crazy too. Honestly, this team is really, really good. He mentioned that he's a proper tough guy because he's got a lot of black belts and what has that got him in AEW? Absolutely nothing. So now they're gonna take what they don't think they've been given and I hope they do. That's right, I hope they destroy everybody. I'm not sure i meant to be on their side, but I'm just a very bad person. Sheida was then back on Dynamite. All right, she is going for her 50th win in the promotion. So she's gonna take on Serena Deeb next week. This was kind of funny because Shida was here being all respectful. And then we cut to Serena and she was like, man, I'm gonna beat the absolute crap out of you. And then you cut back to Shida and she was still being respectful. She also let us know that on next week, Dynamite, it will be the two-year anniversary. And how terrifying is that? Where the hell does the time go? I may as well start digging my grave now. That was too much. Anna Jay and Ty Conti were then teaming up to get some revenge. Because over the last few weeks, Penelope before and The Bunny have been absolute morons and absolute assholes. So they were like, fine, we're going to come together and we're going to whip some ass. That's exactly what they did. They got this across instantly too as Conte and Jay attacked them before the bell. And I always enjoy this. Imagine in real life, somebody punched you in the face with some brass knuckles and then you were told, oh, but now you can have an official match. Are you gonna lock up with this person? No, you're not. You're gonna try and rip out their spleen. It didn't last and we had to rebuild up to a hot tag with Conte who was hitting cross bodies and assisted suplexes. But after Penelope Ford had done that weird like Matrix Neo backflip thingamajig and busted out a stunner and busted out a gut buster. I just thought this was really good. Did I just say busted out a gut buster? Somebody needs to give me a dictionary. We then went all crazy because Jay moved out of the way as Penelope Ford was going to a moonsault on the outside. Ty gave the Ty KO to the bunny and that allowed back in the ring Anna Jay to apply the dragon sleeper. That's not what she calls it, the Queen Slayer. Go to Queen Slayer and Penelope Ford had no choice. She went to sleep and the good guys won. And they needed to get a victory and they did. They look really good as a team. They have matching gear. It kind of made me wanted AEW to introduce women's tag team titles so hopefully that's on the agenda and is getting it up we got more rampage announcements next as we found out it's going to be nyla rose versus jade cargill versus thunder rosa and i can't wait to see this because firstly aew doesn't really do any kind of triple threats ever they're very rare but also every single one of them kind of should win and i want to see who's going to win and then my friends as soon as we were done out came MJF. He was flanked by Wardlow, and man was he mad. Because he talked about the fact that he believes the four pillars of AEW are Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and of course Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and he's the most important one of the lot. He said that without him, this company wouldn't be shiv and he also wants to be world champion. Before he said Tony Khan, better start answering his demands, otherwise maybe he'll put in a call to Bruce Pritchard. like so here we go again inside baseball. Of all the people to interrupt to, it was Darby Allen, which kind of surprisingly because of course we'd seen him earlier and then these two started to get into it and Darby was really good here saying Maxwell you're an absolute piece of trash I don't like you but maybe he shouldn't have wound up this guy Because, oh my goodness, the retaliation. Because as he has been doing recently, he took the volume knob and he turned it up to 76. Because he let us know, hey guys, do you want to know why Darby Allen is straight edge? It's because when he was younger, he was in a car with his uncle who was drunk. He crashed that vehicle and he died. And the only problem with this is that the wrong person was killed, insinuating that he wanted Allen to be six feet under. I kind of looked around my living room like, man, I don't think we're in Toto anymore, Kansas. I knew something like this was coming because it's what Maxwell's been doing recently. Good grief, it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, this is really, really dark stuff. He then demanded that Alan smacked him in the face, but Darby was like, nah, man, why don't you keep talking? But this was a really smart thing to do because it created this tension unlike anything on the show. And given that AEW has been building up Darby, and given that AEW has been building up MGF, this came across as a topper top guy segment, which means they have achieved their goal i mean i was hooked i mean it was so bad i thought about leaving the room and i wasn't even there and eventually mjf and wardlow did walk off but if you have been looking for a super duper mega heel who does not give a flub i introduce to you mjf I still can't believe this, but I've got to give it up. Dynamite then ended with a bang. Because we got a quick recap between everything that happened between Sammy Guevara and Miro as they fight for the TNT Championship. And AEW did exactly what they should have done. And I say that as one of the biggest fans of Miro on planet Earth. But up The story was great too, as Miro basically was going for his strength here, where Sammy was going for speed. But that just kind of pissed off Miro at one point. So he grabbed a chain and tried to choke him. He didn't kill this man, so then Sammy got to the outside and he ducked out the way Ming and Miro ran into the still steps. We were creating escalation. The craziest bit is when Sammy went for a shooting star press. And Miro caught him and gave him a belly-to-belly suplex. And I saw somebody go, they botched that. If I ever find you, I'm going to box your ears in. This wasn't a botch. How the hell did they even do what they did do? It made me react, and I'm just some nerd sitting in a chair. But I mean, it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. And Sammy Guevara started his comeback with a Spanish fly, which is the most 2021 wrestling thing ever. And then he did this dive, and here's how I'm going to sum it up. A few weeks ago, when Darby Allen was doing all these dives, like everybody else has to stop doing dives because Darby Allen is the best of them. Well, Sammy can now be included into this mix. You have to go and watch it. I mean, it was well and truly nuts. I really don't get how either of them got back up for it, which was also true when Miro slammed him with the matchka kick and only got a two count. And not only did this surprise me, it surprised the Redeemer because he started just marching around the ring and ripping the turnbuckles off pads because of course he's crazy. This is when Fiego Del Sol decided to come out. And I was like, man, that guy doesn't learn. And he got right into Miro's face. I mean, it was this close, they could have kissed. It naturally caused a distraction, though. And given that Miro had ripped off the turnbuckle, Guevara snuck up behind him. He pushed him into the exposed steel. That sent Miro all crazy. And after a bunch of moves, Guerrero climbed to the top rope. And he hit that six thirty cents on. And even then, I didn't believe it. But the referee went one. And the referee went two. And the referee went three. Referee, Which means... We have a brand new TNT champion and not only is it Sammy Guevara, but he just beat Flippin' Miro. And as we have been taught, nobody beats Flippin' Miro. What the chuff is going on? Fairs went bonkers for this because of course they did. They had just seen a title change and we made sure this was a big deal with congratulations and confetti. And I love that AEW does this. You can have your AEW world title as the long reigning belt that only gets changes on pay-per-views. And this should do exactly what it says on the tin. It is a TV title. Always keep the crowd guessing. So I loved it. And to be honest with you, I love this entire show. I don't know what the expectations were going in, but it was just so well put together. And the Brody Lee stuff, just my word major wall flubbly lovely, lovely whatever that means so i of course i'm giving it an up
0: even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing